Welcome to Crime Cults and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Bren. And I wanted to start off today with a recommendation of a show that I've been watching. Oh, not a recommendation of what Airbnb not to stay at? I can also tell you that if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are currently dealing with an absolute shit show of a process with an Airbnb briefly talked about it on the podcast possibly yeah I was wondering if we mentioned it or not it's been fucking crazy basically we stayed in an Airbnb in Florida the whole thing flooded and it was clearly not our fault we were there for like 12 hours before the flood happened and now the owner and Airbnb has agreed that we should pay them like two thousand (laughs) dollars It's fucking bullshit. I'm very salty right now. And it's not going to happen. I'm putting that out there. It's not going to happen because there's no possible way we should be held accountable for what happened. No. And I've learned my lesson. I'm never again booking an Airbnb. I'm just not doing it. I have PTSD from this. And I'm going to tell them that too. So they're like, wow, we lost a customer because I used to do a lot of Airbnbs. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe they should have to pay for our therapy because (laughs) I have PTSD when I'm in the shower still. That it's going to flood? Yes. I'm not even kidding that I'm going to step out of the shower and everything's going to be flooded. The thing that pisses me off the most is like they should be paying us for inconvenience because of all the shit that we had to go through while we were there for literally three days. Right. And instead they're like charging us $2,000. Yeah. And it'd be a different story if, number one, we were irresponsible people and children who trashed a house or like kicked holes in the wall or something like that. But what happened was completely out of our control. If anything, it's the homeowner's responsibility to make sure that things were properly taken care of within the house. And then second of all, we were all grown women Who know how to fucking use toilet paper the right way. Right. So yeah, we'll keep you updated on what happens. But we have like a lawyer and two other plumbers backing us up right now. So (laughs) yeah, we have a whole team behind us. And hopefully they hear what the team has to say. I just feel like the Airbnb like representative that replied to me is this little like 20 year old that just started the job and is like, oh, I just have to pick a side and like they chose their side and it's like, you're a rude awakening, Russell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, aside from that, what is your your recommendation? (laughs) Yeah, let me let me simmer down. So I'm recommending The Sinner. Have you watched the new season? No, I have not watched even the season before that. I only watched the first season. It was so good. So actually, this is the fourth. Oh, okay. (laughs) You really need to catch up. Honestly, I think if you're going to watch this show, the first season is still the best. But season four is like close second. Oh. So I think it's a really, really good season. Carson and I binged it over the holiday weekend and while we were in Montreal. And we were like, yeah, this is a really good season. Amazing. Okay, that's next on my list. Yep, and it's on Netflix. I also binged something this weekend. What did you binge? Wednesday. I knew you were going to watch that. (laughs) How'd you know? (laughs) Because basically you're her twin, so. (laughs) I know. I get called Wednesday or Morticia by people on on a weekly basis. You actually resemble more of Morticia. Oh, well, thank you. I take it as the highest of compliments. I am obsessed with how they did this series. Really? I think, yeah, the way they did it, the way it was written, the costume design, the set design, everything about it is incredible. All the actors are were incredibly cast. I was a little nervous, I'm not going to lie, going into it because obviously – Christina is the original Wednesday and she's just amazing Mm -hmm. but the fact that she's included in the show as well and then Jenna Ortega is like the perfect possible other Wednesday she's such a good actress oh my god I know she's in you right yes she's she's in so many good things she's in yes day she's in um the fallout I think it's called with Maddie Ziegler it 
she is an incredible incredible actress but this she's on a whole other level she's just so good yeah and i highly recommend the show it's so good okay i'm gonna have to watch that so how was your holiday we didn't get to spend thanksgiving together i know it was so weird i didn't <laughs> i was i was missing you i know yeah we Carson and I <laughs> Carson and I went to Montreal which if you don't know it's like French Canada so everybody there speaks speaks French pretty much I mean they speak English as well but French is like the main language and let me tell you it was a good weekend but it felt so weird to be in like different country yeah with they don't celebrate Thanksgiving the same day as us their Thanksgiving yeah. is like in October so it was just very weird. I almost felt like a little homesick. I don't know. But it was it was a good trip. It was just very interesting to see like the difference in culture and everything. Yeah, which is beautiful. But it's also, I feel like, especially around the holidays, we all have our routines or our traditions. And it's mm-hmm. really hard straying from that. Yeah. Our Thanksgiving was beautiful. Casey and Sarah did an amazing job hosting in their new home. But at the same time, it was really strange, first of all, not having you and Carson around. Yeah. But also not having the whole family around, like cousins, aunts, uncles. I feel like that's really what the holidays are about. So it just felt, I don't know, it just felt different, you know? Yeah. Well, I hope everyone had a really good Thanksgiving, if that's what you celebrate. If not, I hope you had a good day off from work. And yeah, I'm excited about Christmas. Yeah, and just keep in mind that when we speak of Thanksgiving on this podcast, we are not neglecting the actual historical facts of Thanksgiving and the fact that innocent people were slaughtered and it was not as great as the history books make it sound. We're not by any means neglecting that fact, but by calling it Thanksgiving, we're just we're taking that time to be grateful for our family and our friends as we are every day. So, and to appreciate the food that's involved with it. Just wanted to acknowledge that. Thanks for acknowledging that. So Um, anything else, or do we want to get into our coffee review? I think I'm ready. I'm trying to think of anything else that's happening in my life. Nothing. Okay. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. So today we are reviewing a coffee from Cars Coffee. Cars, Um, we love you! Of course we love Cars. They're the ones that roast our Crime Cults and Coffee blend. And they sell it on their website still. So you can go to carscoffee.com to check out our coffee. But that's not what we're reviewing today. We are reviewing their Kenya AB blend. Mmm. Yeah. Super delish. And they sent this to us randomly along with our giveaway beans that someone won of our morning brew. So it was so, so kind of them that they surprised us with that. Very, very sweet. They're always throwing in little surprises. I feel like even sometimes when our listeners order a bag of our coffee, they throw in like a little sample size sometimes of different coffees. So they're very generous. So sweet. So on their website, the little description here, you can buy it in a 12-ounce bag for $11.99. And it says, Our Kenya AB coffee beans are sourced from Nairi, Kenya, one of the most respected coffee-growing regions in the country. In the cup, these beans pr- produce a creamy and sweet profile with a slight floral scent. And it also says there's hints of cranberry, macoon apple, orange peel, and lemon zest. Mmm. Yeah. So typically, as many listeners probably know, and they're like, Brittany, you don't need to say it again, but uh, I'm usually not a fan of fruity coffee Mm -hmm. and probably floral coffee either. And I like medium roasts, but I'm definitely more of a fan of dark roasts. But I have to say this coffee works for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I feel like it's on the darker side and I don't really taste much of like the fruity floral notes in it. I taste like more of the sweetness, the smoothness of it, and a little bit of orange is what I taste. Yeah, I think when they say hints of, they're really meaning the slightest hints because Mm -hmm. 
I feel like when I sipped it, I tasted a tiny hint of the orange and then in the aftertaste, a little bit of the apple. But without knowing what was in it, I would have not been like, oh, wow, this has fruit in it. Yeah, agreed. So I what think would I would... It? I think I would rate this one an 8. Yeah, I was going to say 7.5. Yay. Yeah, it's delicious. It's one of those coffees that you could probably add any kind of creamer to. Yes, hazelnut works. I tried it before the creamer and with the creamer, and it tasted delicious both ways. And we love you, Cars Coffee. Thank you, Cars. So, again, their website is K-A-R-S coffee.com so check them out again you can see our bag as well under the tab want coffee question mark and their instagram is cars spelt the same way coffee yeah so shall we get into it yes let's do it so grab your coffee and have a morning with us today we are going a little bit rogue because we haven't done this in a while and we will be covering a UFO story. I'm excited because it's a little lighthearted when I was feeling very dark already before we started recording because of how pissed off I was about the flooding situation. <laughs> I thought you meant so, like dark in general because it's depressing as fuck that it's 5 p.m. and it's dark. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But I'm just glad that today we're not covering a horrific or really, really sad type of case. And instead, we get to jump into the alien world. Yeah, I agree. I really like UFO stories. So today, we'll be covering the Hudson Valley UFO sightings. So a little bit of background, as always. It's also known as the Westchester Boomerang. And it's located in Hudson Valley, New York. It's located in New York State along the Hudson River. And according to TravelHudsonValley.com, quote, the Hudson Valley extends 150 miles above the tip of Manhattan north to Albany. So if you're a directions and geographic person, that was probably good for you. For me, that meant nothing. I know where Hudson Valley is in general, <laughs> but I, I also was like, maybe we should include a description in here just because (laughs) where exactly does this begin and end? Right. Because most people understand geography. I am not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) The Hudson Valley is known for many mysterious things, paranormal experiences, buried treasure, phantoms, unsolved mysteries, cryptids, and of course, UFOs. So between 1982 and 1986, over 5,000 people reported seeing UFOs in the Hudson Valley area. Shit, that's a lot. That's a lot of fucking people in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So it started a couple minutes before midnight on New Year's Eve of 1982. Retired New York City police officer was outside of his house about to clean up some broken glass when he saw lights above a tree line nearby. He slowly saw, quote, a large V-shaped aircraft about the size of a football field, end quote, coming into view. And that was a quote from planeandpilotmag.com. I feel like this is a pretty consistent description of UFOs. People describe them as like the size of football fields. Agreed, especially when they're that close above you. Like, if something is as high up as, I don't know, like an airplane, it might seem tinier. Mm -hmm. But if it's only a couple hundred feet above you, yeah, this, this has been described as large as a football field. That's freaking huge. Insane. And yeah, he said it was only a couple hundred feet from the ground and it went over his house. Red, blue, and green lights were around its edge, and a bright white light was coming from the middle. He called for his wife and told her to bring a video camera. When he filmed, though, the colored lights went out, and the three white lights remained that formed a triangle. Ooh. I feel like this is such a common thing. Like, so many people see this. Yeah, and the fact that he caught it on video... And with, like, slight variations, but still very similar. 
there were reports of the same objects in Connecticut as well. So it kind of went from the Hudson Valley area over into Connecticut. They were usually reported as being in a V-shape or a circle. And a prime quote-unquote viewing spot was the Taconic Parkway. Witness reports were documented. There was also a book called Night Siege, the Hudson Valley UFO Sightings, and this book contains some of these witness accounts. I think I read that it contains about 900 witness accounts. That is fucking crazy. I'm glad somebody made a book out of it. Yeah, and this book was published in 1998. Some nights there were so many 911 calls about the UFOs that the lines would become jammed. That's insane. And a hotline was set up in Westchester, New York to help with all the calls that came in. A lot of sightings were also reported by police officers that were on patrol. Like, come on. If that doesn't say something is going on, then I don't know what does. Yeah, and I feel like in another case that we covered, we saw similar things where, like, officers were the ones reporting calls in, or right. or military personnel were the ones reporting these sightings. Right. According to a New York Times article from August 25th, 1984, and this is a quote from there, quote, the state police say the quote-unquote object is really five or six small planes flying in tight formation as part of a hoax. Some residents are not so sure, and others say that if that is really the case, authorities ought to put an end to it. Exactly. Like, if this is something that's, like, military-related or something that's a hoax, then, (laughs) like, why wouldn't you stop it? Right, especially after years and years worth of these sightings to the point where your lines are being jammed up. And also, though, it's kind of strange that the state police said this, but there's also officers reporting it. Right. So I wonder how that went down within the police community, you know? Yeah. Sergeant Kenneth V. Spiro of Troop K of the state police had a story backing this side of it as well. He said that one officer followed the UFO, and this is all a quote from the New York Times, quote, he tracked it to Stormville Airport, the sergeant said. It was a group of light planes. They fly in formation. The undersides and under the wings are painted black, so they can't be seen from the ground. The planes are rigged with bright lights that they can turn from one color to another. It's the lights that give the shape to the UFO. However, Sergeant Spiro allegedly refused to give the name of the trooper who witnessed this or the pilots that the trooper spoke to. I mean, I feel like if he's trying to claim it's a hoax with all this information, he should be crediting the people who said it to back it up. Like, like willing to back it up. Right. I... So I guess that's why some people were like, okay, this was just him trying to come up with a story for it. Right. A pilot with thousands of flight hours experienced argued the hoax theory. He said he witnessed the UFO and said, quote, there was no way ultralight pilots could have maintained their position relative to each other in the way he observed, nor could they have remained in the sky at such slow speeds. A group of ultralights would have likely sounded like a sea of lawnmowers buzzing through the sky, yet the silence he heard was deafening. Additionally, the aircraft's structure was clearly visible, appearing as a single metallic mass. And that's all a quote from planeandpilotmag.com. I fucking agree with the pilot that has, I don't have any experience, but I agree with him. (laughs) Yeah, especially if he had hours and hours of flight experience. And could literally argue with points such as the noise it would make. Just even the hovering part. How would something just hover above you going like two miles per hour? Right. I feel like that would be defying gravity almost. And people can correct me if if I'm wrong because I'm not a pilot expert, obviously. (laughs) 
<laughs> there might be hoverboards out there now. We yeah, don't I don't fly planes for a living. <laughs> Other witnesses also argue the theory with questions such as, how could airplanes hover for minutes or hours in one place? Which yeah. Brent just mentioned. What about shooting straight up into the air, as some witnesses stated in their reports, which is so true. A airplane cannot literally just eject from the ground. Some also said that they saw the quote-unquote hoaxers, but has also seen something else, and that the other thing was very different from the pilots flying planes. Okay, so those are people admitting that, yeah, I might have seen the planes that could have been a hoax, but I also saw something else. Right, like it's two separate things. Yeah. See, that right there makes me be like, okay, this was something otherworldly. I just gotta say, we have to be crazy if we think that there's not other life forms other than on planet Earth, and I feel like it's definitely plausible that they came to study us. (laughs) I mean, there's been documents released stating that there could be different dimensions, let alone different planets for people to live on. Galaxies. Yeah, or other life forces, maybe not specifically humans, but we don't even know a quarter of what's out there. Yeah, it's crazy. March 24th, 1983. This night, there was a mass sighting, and there were more than 300 reports that night. Wow. Yeah. Many, quote, reported seeing a V-shaped object cover in lights. And again, that's the same description. And that was a quote from Inverse.com. It was connected by a dark metallic gray colored structure. Some described it as having multicolored lights, specifically red, white, or green. So same stories. Yeah. Literally the exact same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Some compared it to being larger or about the same size as a football field. It was noiseless. And there's been discussion of possibly two separate UFOs being sighted that night. But um, overall, like the descriptions were very similar. Which would possibly explain why there were so many sightings in one night if people were seeing, like spotting these objects from two different places if there were two different objects. I wonder why, I don't like to call them aliens, other life forms would like the Hudson Valley. Is it a place, like a good place to land a plane, an aircraft or something? I don't know. Maybe, or maybe there's, I mean, there's other things that have occurred there. Like you said in the beginning, like it's surrounded by paranormal things and cryptids. Maybe it's just a hub for the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it has something to do with the energy there. Yeah. So, a witness account from that night, the night of March 24th, 1983, there was a man named Ed Burns. Ed Burns was from Yorktown Heights. He had been a computer engineer, senior manager for IBM, and he had been driving near Millwood on the Taconic Highway. And remember we mentioned the Taconic Highway was like a hub for seeing these UFOs over the years. His radio began to have static, and he saw a formation of lights on his right. So here's what he told the CUFO's investigators. Quote, out of nowhere, I got lots of static on the radio, and I thought maybe I was on the wrong number, and I turned the dial again. That's when I looked up and saw this craft. Quote, as I continued to drive, the lights became more profound, Then they came right over my car. I shut the radio off, rolled the window down, and looked out at this huge craft above me. I heard no noise. It was moving silently and slowly. I also feel like that is such a common theme within these UFO stories that we've covered, is that it becomes so silent. Like deafening. Yeah. Which you would think some kind of craft especially that of Earth, would make noise. Right. And one that big, you would think, would make noise. Quote, It was a triangular chevron shape, and the back of that chevron had to be as large as a football field at least. It was one solid piece of a chevron-shaped ship, and there was no noise. It seemed so close to the ground. 
it seemed that I could have thrown a rock at it, maybe. Oh, my God. And that was all quotes from ufology.patrickgross.org. He also saw a group of people had stopped and parked on the side of the road, so he did the same. And he said after it hovered for a minute or two, it moved up the parkway slowly in a Z pattern and then was all of a sudden really far away. Like it moved so quickly. That's so crazy. Clearly other people were pulled over. They were seeing the same thing, which validated what he was seeing. Right. And he said he was even kind of speaking out loud to a man that was next to him and to people that were around him. This was not something that was imagined. You know, people were verbalizing like, oh my God, do you see this? Yeah, do you see that? Yeah. So now we're going to get into some Hudson Valley UFO stories between 1982 and 1986. And there are so many of these. So we kind of just picked and choose some to tell you guys without going overkill with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. In 1983, a Yorktown police officer saw an aircraft hovering only a couple hundred feet from the ground. He said he watched it for a couple minutes. It made a 45-degree turn and quickly flew off. The officer called Stort Air Force Base in Newburgh, New York, to check if it had been one of their C-5 transport planes, and they said no. Of course, because it wasn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Soon after, this object was seen again hovering along the Taconic Parkway. Traffic was backed up for miles due to people stopping and watching this object. Oh my god, what an experience. Could you imagine, like, being in that traffic jam? Some described it as a, quote, giant floating city. That's huge. Yeah. They said... White light came from the middle, and it was moving at about three to five miles per hour. That is so slow. These life forces in this aircraft were probably, like, just studying every single person on the ground and being like, what is wrong with these people? (laughs) What are they looking at? Yeah. (laughs) And it's crazy because maybe, like we've mentioned in past episodes, how time might move differently if you are in the ship, quote-unquote, abducted by an alien. I wonder if they're moving three to five miles per hour with us looking at them, but in their ship, they're actually not moving that slow. Yeah. Or if Mm -hmm. speed just doesn't exist to them like that. Or if their aircrafts can only go that fast. (laughs) Yeah, but then they speed away like they could be 12 miles away and a couple seconds. Yeah, I feel like they're like surveying the people. March 17th, 1983, Dennis Sant had an experience. Dennis said that he worked in local government for 17 years. He had five children and he lived in Brewster, New York. He saw a UFO while at his home. And this is all a quote from unsolved.com. Quote, it was a very large object. The structure of it was very dark gray, metallic, almost girder type looking. The object seemed to be very silent. The lights were iridescent, bright. They stood out of the sky and three dimension. It looked like a city of lights. It just hung in the sky, all brilliant colors. We followed the object around to the backyard. And at that point, a feeling of fright came upon me. Thoughts started to flood my mind. Thoughts of the craft touching the ground. Thoughts of an encounter with an alien being. Thoughts of being abducted all types of fearful thoughts started to enter my mind. That is fucking scary. Ooh, and was he thinking that on his own, or were they being put there, or was that actually happening? Right, so I feel like that happens, where, like, they can... People that have said that they experience UFOs have talked about how, like, they have these terrible thoughts all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Or was that actually happening, and it happened so quickly that he didn't even know it happened? Oh, my he God. Just, he just thought it was a, a, a passing thought. of a thought and it and it wasn't oh my god that is literally terrifying i don't want to think about that <laughs> that's a nightmare <laughs> that really is that'd be like a crazy book <sighs> i'm i'm patenting that <laughs> <laughs> maybe we shouldn't talk about it on the podcast <laughs> no, should i edit that out no keep it <laughs> a few miles away people in cars were also witnessing this on i-84 
Unsolved.com also includes a bunch of other witness accounts around the same time period, including contradicting reports and or reports in regards to the airplane hoax theory. So check those out if you guys want more info on that. Yeah, and again, that's from unsolved.com. June 10th, 1984, resident Bob Pizzuli took a home video of a light formation in Brewster, New York, which is the same place. Mm. And these are referenced in the 1984 New York Times article. In 1984, Irene Lunn was returning home from a supermarket with her five-year-old daughter named Erica, and it was around 9 p.m. that night. She saw an object in the sky, and this is a quote from her, Quote, I saw it over a pond on a nearby farm, high enough to just clear the trees, traveling south. She made it clear that it wasn't a common mode of transportation, like an airplane or a helicopter. She said it was three quarters the size of her house. There was an L-shaped structure also hanging underneath it. Ew. That was probably to put the humans in. <laughs> that's what they carried the humans in yeah or animals that they were just picking up who knows we're not mocking you no we love you <laughs> beep pop boop love you beep pop. <laughs> mrs lunn also said she was able to hear crickets because there was no sound coming from the ufo which is also common everybody says that yeah like crickets or insects and then it just stops well, and especially if you could literally hear the sound of crickets, there is no other noise around you. Yeah. The object stopped over a house and there were lights on it that changed from green to red to green, red, and white. So also the same colors as before. She said the lights changed colors for about 10 minutes. <gasps> what does that mean? I don't know. Maybe they were trying to communicate with her. Like Morse code, but in lights. Yeah. In 1984, real estate developer Peter A. Brandenburg said that he was at a public hearing at Town Hall and a cop came in yelling, quote, the UFO's here, the UFO's here. Oh my God. Everyone ran outside and saw the object in the sky. The night before, William A. Pollard was driving on I-84. So again, same, I feel like the... There's so many common denominators within these stories. Right. Same interstate. Mm-hmm. He said he had previously never believed in UFOs or the reported sightings. And then here's a quote from him. Quote, but off in a field, I saw this gigantic triangle with lights about 30 feet off the ground hovering. Then it turned off its lights and shot straight up, straight up. That's when I said, whoa, wait a minute here. <laughs> That's Those were the words that came out of his mouth when he suddenly believed in aliens. Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> whoa, wait a minute here. Well, I think I'd be saying more than that. <laughs> <laughs> he paraphrased. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, good old William A. Pollard. <laughs> Some of the witness accounts describe a similar feeling, a feeling that the UFO or whatever was flying it was somehow trying to communicate with them. Yep. I think so, too, with those freaking lights. They don't understand our language. No. Another common occurrence that witnesses described was that they found themselves wishing for a better view and that as soon as they thought that, the object moved quickly towards them mm. and hovered in front of or over them what and that was a quote from podcastufo.com. it literally read their minds yeah that is fucking crazy i wonder what kind of technology they have in that thing <sighs> something that we've never heard of ever yeah. or something that was made 10 years ago that we the public just don't know about <laughs> <laughs> right just the government knows <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In more recent news, here's a quote from writer Phil Reisman, published in Westchester Magazine. Quote, in April of 2020, when the Great American Lockdown was firmly in place. Oh, my God, that is terrifying to hear. Ew, I don't like that. I don't like that. That is that going to be in the history books? 
as the great American lockdown. That's really scary. Ew. The National UFO Reporting Center received an all-time high of 1,045 reports of unidentified flying objects, a 265% increase from the previous April. Wow. Yeah. 22 of these reported sightings were in New York, including an April 22nd report from Dobbs Ferry, where a mysterious blinking object floated through the night sky at an altitude of 30,000 feet. End quote. I'm still stuck on the Great American Lockdown. Yeah. That is terrifying. I don't like that. You know what's interesting about that, though? A couple things. I'm gonna, More I'm... people were home to see it. Yes, I'm here to point a few things out. Ready? Yeah. Like you just, <laughs> like you just said, <laughs> more people were home, right? Bored, nothing to do, stargazing, whatever. But also, as we all know, with less traveling during the beginning of the pandemic, there was less pollution. More things started happening, like dolphins swimming in the canals of Italy. Very valid point. Correct? So, less pollution in the sky, we could probably see a lot more of what was in the sky. Right. And maybe people were just looking at the sky and they weren't before. Right. Or maybe some of these people, from being stuck inside and the increase of mental illness... We're sadly seeing something that was not there, you know? There's also that being incorporated into it. Yeah, like hallucinations. Yeah, but it's insane. Yeah, I don't like it. It's scary. (sighs) So I say that I did not see a UFO during the Great American Lockdown. I think that would have pushed me over the edge. Yeah, probably same. I was barely hanging on by a thread. If I saw a giant football field flying object in the sky, I would have probably committed myself to like a mental hospital or something. (laughs) Not hey, Arnold's head. (laughs) Hey, football head. (laughs) Move it, football head. (laughs) If I had seen a giant Arnold object like that, I would have named, I would have dubbed it. Hey, Arnold. Or Arnold, whatever his last name is. Football head. (laughs) (laughs) I would have written into the president and been like, I just saw Hey Arnold's head in the sky and they would have had me committed. They would have been like, this is another one. (laughs) So modern media slash events. In 1992, Unsolved Mysteries has an episode of the Hudson Valley UFOs. So check that out. Discovery Plus has a show called Alien Invasion, Hudson Valley. So that has to be recent because Discovery Plus is so recent. Really? Yeah. Good to know. Well, check it out. In 2003, Vincent Polisi started a website called pinebushufo.com. He posted pics and stories of his experience in Pine Bush, which is located in Hudson Valley, in case you were wondering. In 2005, he published a book called, quote, The Pine Bush Phenomenon. And in 2008, he launched the Pine Bush Anomaly Archive, which was rebooted in 2017. And this includes many witness accounts in the Hudson Valley area. So crazy. I have the chills. I want to check that out. I'm so happy that someone documented it. Yeah, for real, though. In 2011, the first Pine Bush UFO festival took place. Wait, what? (laughs) Can we go? Is this real? Can we go? Oh my god, I want to go. Do you think they have alien-shaped balloons? Do you think they have Hey Arnold-shaped snow cones? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I want to know what they have there. I know. I'm excited. I want to go. We have to go. It's now a, quote, fair and an all-day event sold. hmm And this conveniently takes place on the Saturday of Labor Day weekend. I think I had read that, I don't know what year this was documented or whatever, but I think I had read that there have been up to, like, 7,000 people at this fair. What? Like, it's a massive thing. Oh, my God. There are alien-shaped everythings. Is there? 
there's yes and i hope they don't get mad about it because it is the stereotypical alien oh but it looks very cool (laughs) imagine if one of them showed up and was like look at me do i fucking look like this look at me (laughs) (laughs) and just like how did you people get your representation of aliens what if they look just like us? What if they look just like humans? We've had this discussion, but I'm gonna, I'm here to bring it back. Or they look like actual, our description of aliens, and they just show up to the festival, and everyone thinks they're a person dressed in a costume. <laughs> like cosplay? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, fuck you guys. Or what if they look like that, but they wear human skin suits and they walk among us? Oh my god, that is even more terrifying. <laughs> this is where my brain goes sorry agreed it's fucking (laughs) crazy and even more exciting news in 2021 the pine bush ufo and paranormal museum was opened okay we are going to pine bush what do you think they have in that museum i don't know we gotta check it out they clearly don't have any actual artifacts from a crashed Right, that's what I mean. What are they putting in this museum? (laughs) Just like animatronic aliens. (laughs) It's like the witch museum in Salem. No, it's like when you go to those things and it's animated dinosaurs. Yeah. (laughs) But aliens. Yeah, and what's the paranormal part of it? I bet you it's just set up like a walkthrough with historical facts and stuff. Or like video recordings of people's witness stories or something. Yeah. But what's the paranormal side of it, too? I'm intrigued. I don't know. I'm also intrigued, and I'm going to have to check it out. Let's spend a day there. We'll go to the fair, and then we'll go to the museum. Paranormal museum. Okay, Pine Bush UFO and Paranormal Museum. I got to know what's there. And hopefully there's a good coffee hub in the area. That would just make it a day. Yeah, I want some alien-shaped latte art. (laughs) (laughs) A giant alien head on a coffee can't ask for anything more no love that that concludes our ufo story for today i really enjoyed it because like you said it wasn't very heavy and it was a nice change it's not heavy until we get abducted tonight and they're like stop laughing for real they're (laughs) like stop stop. talking about us (laughs) yeah we just love we just love extraterrestrial beings I feel like they're already watching me because something weird happened last night. What? I was sitting in my living room and I was on the phone with my sister and all of a sudden all of the lights in my entire apartment complex community went out. <laughs> what? Like it the entire we're on top of a mountain, the entire mountain was black. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then it came back on pretty quickly. So I was like, okay, that was really weird. And then we have our Christmas tree plugged in. So it all comes back on. We're like, you know, talking again on the phone. And then it sounded like a fuse burst and my Christmas tree light went out. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. I'm like, are you trying? Someone trying to communicate with me right now? From the upside down? Yeah. They're like sending me messages through my Christmas tree. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that? Yeah. I wonder. So... How do you know if it was just the power going out, right? If it was an extraterrestrial being or if it was paranormal? Yeah, I have a feeling it was my mom because Mm -hmm. we were talking about her when it happened. Um, But it's so funny that the, the whole we have like a group chat of people that live in the complex and everyone was like, this fucking place is a piece of shit. (laughs) They're like, where are the generators? Oh my God, for real though. And it's never happened where the entire complex has gone out all at once. Wow. It's usually like a building here and there, like briefly, but it was really fucking creepy seeing just black outside. Yeah, you're going to another planet tonight. Right? Like maybe they took me for a little while. (laughs) It was (laughs) so quick you didn't realize. I did get off the phone and I was like, wow, that was longer than I expected. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I feel like that's just so crazy is we don't know. We just don't know. No one has any of these answers for any of these questions. And it's 
in an odd way, but also almost slightly terrifying way because people have had these experiences and remember, but it's like, did this actually happen or not? Right. And how does their time move there? That's all I want to know. I want to know so much more, but I'm scared of them. (laughs) (laughs) You just have to accept it. Yeah, maybe like once I'm a spirit, I'll find out. About aliens? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's part of it. You are, you're all knowing at that point. Yeah, maybe. Maybe <laughs> we maybe we already know and we just all have to open our minds up a little to it. Oh my gosh. Maybe okay. we're just like closed off in specific parts and we have this all knowing from past lives. That's, you know? very, that's very true. Yeah. We don't know. We don't. I also wanted to, before I forget, before we move forward with anything, someone left us a review. Well, in our review section, they left us an insert to an episode. They had said in regards to the Ashley Reeves episode, which was episode 110, that Sam, who was the teacher, was friendly with Jeremy also, meaning Ashley's boyfriend. And that they, quote-unquote, re-met on public transportation heading to their city's Mardi Gras celebration. Oh. Yeah, because remember we were like, I wonder how they kind of reconnected. Yeah. So thank you for the person who left that in our reviews for us to see. I felt like that was a really nicely answered update. Yeah, thank you. Wow, that's awesome that we didn't know that. Now we do. Yeah. And we have also gotten another really sweet review from k.nsspears15. So just wanted to point that out as well. Thank you. Yeah. Love you guys. the best people. I know, for real. And as mentioned in the past, if you ever have anything that you want to say regarding constructive criticism towards our podcast, you can always feel free to DM us or send us an email because we like hearing all kinds of praise or corrections that need to potentially be made for the podcast. Just be nice. I can only take so much. Exactly. (laughs) Like that's, That's my only request is be nice about it. If you come to us and something pissed you off or irked you or you think we should do something or phrase something a little differently, we will gladly take that into consideration and take in your response and do what we will with it. But we never come from a horrible place or a place of not wanting to get these victim stories out there or these stories in general out there appropriately. Right. So just wanted to point that out that We can take it as long as you dish it kindly. I'm only human and I get yelled at at work all day. So don't yell at me. And we do our very best here, you know? Yeah, we're trying our best. (laughs) And outside of that, I really just want to say I'm so appreciative of our listeners and the people who take the time to reach out or repost things or comment on things. It can't be said enough. We love engaging and interacting with you all and are just so grateful that we have people listening to this to be able to do this every week. Agreed. So there's my grateful words a week later. We are thankful. Yes, so thankful. And aside from that, do you have anything else you want to add in or should we get into our spiel? Just a quick reminder, we still have our merch available on our website. It's actually through Rye Babe's website, but it's also on our Instagram shop. It's a good gift for Christmas and birthdays that are coming up. So make sure you check that out. We have lots of merch on there, sweatsuits, tanks, mugs, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and we are starting to run somewhat low on sizes in certain things with the sweatsuits and... There's not many mugs left, and the beanies are also getting low, too, so. I just imagine the scene from New Girl where, <laughs> where Nick and um, Schmidt come up with the idea of the swoot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it just reminded me of that. We don't sell the swoot, but um, we do sell a sweatsuit. Maybe we should consider a swoot. The swoot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'll get into our spiel. You can find us on Facebook at Crime Cults and Coffee. That's where we post our weekly photos and resources from every episode. 
Also on our Instagram at Crime Cults and Coffee, where we post photos from the weekly episodes and the coffees that we've reviewed. Also, like I'd mentioned, our Instagram shop is on there as well. And the link tree link in our bio shows all of our listening platforms. Yes. And if you want to give a case suggestion or submit your very own listener story. We would love it. Hint, hint. <laughs> you can DM us at Crime Colts and Coffee on Instagram or send us an email at crimecoltsandcoffee at gmail.com. We actually just received a listener story this week, so very excited to get to that at some point. And if you love our podcast or even like it, if you love <laughs> us or like kind of like us, <laughs> if, you, if you're dealing with us. If you can tolerate us. <laughs> yeah. You can leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you could figure that out. And if you can't do that on any listening platform of your choice, you can like, you can follow, you can subscribe. That will let you know when new episodes come out each week. Yeah. So without and further ado. I don't want to end this. I know. But just remember, you may have been abducted by an alien and you don't know it. Yeah. If you feel any poking or prodding <laughs> and you see really bright lights around you. Try to remember that shit and come on and, and tell it as a listener story. Because you were probably abducted by an alien. Yeah. But we're hoping the best for you all. And if you do, it's a delightful experience. <laughs> Nothing but the best experience. <laughs> for our listeners, yeah. And until next week. Bye, guys. Bye. regarding this case and our resources follow us at crime cults and coffee on instagram and facebook